Welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. I'm Armando Alvarez with Mike Quintana. And Mike, uh, we have a very special guest today. Oh, yeah. David Espinoza, 2000 first round pick, owner of Swing Kings. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him in, in just a couple minutes. But first, you know, last week was our first episode. We got a lot of love. We need to give a shout out to everybody that listened. Everybody, everybody that listened, everybody that downloaded, everybody that reached out, everybody that contacted me wanting to come on the show with some ideas keep them coming thank you so much um we're looking to build a nice platform a local platform especially and uh let's keep it going yeah absolutely and you know yeah thank you to you know friends family um people in the academy and like mike said you know we 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 did get love from from people so we want to we want to thank you for that and yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep it going and we're gonna you know talk baseball we're gonna talk other things as well like today we're we're mixing mlb with you know some some Diamond Dreams Miami uh, T-ball talk T-ball playoffs coming up, but you know a, a lot to talk about, so we'll dive right into it. We want to introduce, like I said, 2000 first round pick from the Cincinnati Reds. He played high school ball at Westminster and Gulliver. I remember him at Gulliver. He uh, I was an assistant coach at LaSalle. My brother was playing. Let's just say the game wasn't very close, and we didn't <laughs> local legend David Espinosa. <laughs> local legend David Espinosa. David, welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited, and um, you know, like all of us, we just love baseball, and we could talk baseball all day. No, and, and thank you for having us here at Swing Kings Miami. Uh, for for those that you know know about Tamiami Park, it used to be Sluggers. Now it's Swing Kings, best batting cages in in all of Florida, maybe oh, yeah. in all of the United States. Absolutely, uh, I appreciate <laughs> so, that. Yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, thanks for for having us, and we'll talk about Swing Kings and about your career, mm-hmm. and you know those those high school awesome teams uh, that you <laughs> played in. But we want to start with the MLB postseason. We're like right in the thick of it. Last week, Mike and I had a had a very big laugh at the expense of the New York Mets. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld agreed with us. He said, you know, <laughs> trumpets don't win you championships, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Dodgers. The Dodgers go in, 111 wins. They come in, game one against the Padres. They look all world. I was like, oh, this is going to be a sweep. These guys are going to be in the World Series. What the heck happened? Is it Dave Roberts? Is it the players? What's up? Well, you know what? I was telling somebody a few days ago, and I was talking like a scout, right? In scouting, you evaluate players, and you put a number on a player. And to... When we evaluate players, we put numbers based on championship standards. The Padres, when you look at their roster, they have probably the most talented roster in the playoffs. Just to give wow. you some perspective, like some of the players that I've evaluated personally, like Soto and, and, and Manny Machado, there's a 20 to 80 skill in baseball. Two is like an org player. Eight is like a generational talent sure Hall of Famer and sevens are also a Hall of Fame kind of talent. Padres have several sevens and above. So I was telling somebody a few days ago, it wouldn't surprise me if they win it all because they have legitimate two top two starters. If you have two horses talented that could carry you through six or seven innings, you could beat anybody. Um and that's without Fernando Tatis, which is an all-star, which is, you know. Yeah, you can argue that Tatis is an eight. That is the highest yeah. you can give. Soto is an eight. Um, Snell, even though he's been up and down when he is on, I've 
valued him as a Category 7 player. That means a top rotation starter. You need impact players to win championships, and the Padres have that. Absolutely. No, and, and, and you know, we, we talk Dodgers because they came in with all the all the hoopla, but, you know, SP's right. You know, the, the Padres have a, have a sick team. When they got Soto, everybody started, you know, talking World Series, and all of a sudden – they they had a downturn, but but Mike, you know, even even like you know, like he was saying about Snell, who had a, a down year, right? So did Josh Hader, but Josh Hader and Snell are are great pitchers. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, I believe Hader came over in a trade. Um, you know, when you, you and he had a when, rough when, time. When he right had away. a rough time, but it does take a little bit. You know, you know, big city, you know, big team like you know, Mac Daddy players. It does take a little bit for them to get situated, but they've gone hot at the right time. You know, and David, I want to ask you a question. So, Soto, since the trade has not been like the Soto that we've seen, but regardless, it doesn't matter. What impact does that type of guy have in the middle of the lineup, whether he's hitting? or not yeah if you have that guy in your lineup it just helps everybody around him just the presence in the lineup you know he's he kind of had a down year for his standards but his presence alone make the hitters around him better it just extends the lineup um i mean it's just he's just an enormous presence you know he you can't just assume oh well he's struggling let me just throw some meatballs down the middle no <laughs> When Soto comes up there, these pitchers yep. don't care if he's hitting 250. They know that's Juan Soto, and they got to really execute their best pitches. So it's not like they're just throwing him cookies and he's not hitting. He, but, again, just that, the fact that they have to pitch to him that way, I mean, they might walk him. I mean, his on-base percentage was still really high because he's such a good hitter. Um, but, yeah, he, he, you know, he hasn't performed, at least from an average and other numbers. But his presence and the pitchers knowing who he is, I mean, he at the very least gets on base at a high clip. So, yeah, helps. And, and it's I know it's cliche to say, but he's one of those guys that looks like he loves to play the game. You know, he comes out, he has fun. He's a he's a good teammate. People love him. Um, what was it that he was at? Um, I think it was at an NFL game recently. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he was out in the crowd, just very incognito. Nobody was recognizing him. But, you know, he's a guy that likes to. He lo he loves baseball. Yeah. But on, on the other token, the Dodgers. Um, Dave Roberts isn't a popular guy right now with with Dodger fans that I know. But is it is it him or did they just go cold at you know at at the at the wrong time and the Padres went hot at the right time? Well, there are some things that it, it might be known publicly or maybe not. The Dodgers are very analytics heavy. Um, obviously, yep. like sometimes there's decisions that are it's 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 it stinks to say this but they're out of his hands even though you think he's making the decisions he's not making some of these decisions but he's the fall guy right you know they tell him what to do in certain situations for the game before you know before the game um and sometimes these decisions like for the old school baseball guy doesn't make any sense um but you know it it that's what goes on with with Roberts, and it's similar to um, the Rays a couple years ago. Remember they pulled Snell; he was dominating. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like a predetermined oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> Cash, Roberts—they are told 
what to do in certain scenarios and certain matchups before they even happen. So it's almost like the feel for the game gets thrown out the window. Absolutely. And and before we get into the the rest of the playoffs, you know, David brings a very important aspect of analytics and the way baseball is played today, Mike. I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a I could say I'm a I'm a bit of a mix. I believe in some analytics, but I'm more old school. I go with with feeling, right? If a pitcher exactly. has it, Correct. you're not going to take him out after five. I remember, I think it was the 2009 um, uh, playoffs. The, the Yankees were playing the, um, I guess they were playing, were they playing the Indians? I think they were playing the Indians at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, Dave Robertson's on the mound. And he's lights out. Lights out for an inning and change. He gets a, a couple of outs. And they keep going to a shot of George Girardi. Looking at the binder, <laughs> at the binder, looking at the bullpen, at the binder, at the bullpen, and all of a sudden he comes in, brings in Alfredo Aceves. Oh, they were playing the Angels. Brings in Alfredo Aceves, and Aceves comes in and gets ripped, and they lose that game. So what's your opinion on, on analytics? Because sometimes I ju- you just got to go with the hot hand, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially baseball being a game of, of pretty much average as an offensive hitter and ERA as, as a pitcher, you, those, those numbers have droughts, those valleys and peaks, you know what I mean? So, you know, to me as a manager, mm-hmm. I'm not a big analytics guy, um, but maybe when it comes to the lineup a little bit, but, um, you know, players go through valleys and droughts. They go through ups and downs. And as a manager, you got to ride the hot hand, you know, especially, and I remember that what SP was talking about with the Ian Snells, like 71 pitches, and it's like, what's going on here? It's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, and um, another another team that's that's gone as well is uh, are the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, foolishly, I guess, before the before the playoffs started, I told a friend of mine, I'm like, the, you know what, I think the Braves are going to pull off the upset, go to the World Series again. And they're gone. The Phillies, talk about getting hot at the right time. They came in and, and dominated that series. You know, t- to me, the, the lower-seeded teams, especially lately the wild-card teams, they end up having the hotter hand, it seems like. They get the, those extra, you know, they get those extra games in a little bit, and they come in hot, you know. It's another demonstration with what happened with the Dodgers, like we, we talked about with the Mets, is the regular season wins don't mean anything. If you don't win in the playoffs... If you don't put get those W's in the playoffs, then yeah, like we said last week, great job, great season, but you got to get it done in the playoffs. Yep, that's how the that's how the Marlins end up winning a couple World Series, right? They they weren't favored at all, and you know now now that Mike brings it up, are, are you a fan, David, of these expanded playoffs? You know, because some people say okay, they got to play the extra games, but how about the team that's just sitting at home for a few extra days? Yeah, I I. Okay, the way it's set up now, I don't really like it because they are sitting at home and baseball is a game that you play every day. Correct. Just two or three days. Yep. I mean, people go home for the All-Star break, they come back. Oh, the timing's just not there, you know? I like expanded playoffs, but not where there's days off for anybody. Um, I've, you know, like the NBA, they have a lot of teams make the playoffs. I'll tell you a couple of reasons why I like expanded playoffs. It keeps fans interested. It keeps a lot of teams from purposely tanking, you know, because there are only if only a few teams go to the playoffs. What incentive do organizations You're have? Right. That's a good point. To not put the best players out there or yep. try to pursue the best, you know, the best players in free agency. And you, there are some teams that drew very well, and then the teams that don't draw very well. Well, most of them because they lost a lot and they're <laughs> rebuilding. You know, we don't want that. We want people to go to games. We want people to want to go to games. We want people to feel like their team is still in it. 
I'm a fan of expanded playoffs, but not where a team like the Dodgers is sitting at home. Or not, not that they're sitting at home, but it's not the same to come to the field, take some BP, play a little catch. It's not the same. The people who are playing games, they have an advantage. And not to mention that you made a good point. The wild card teams, they're playing well at the end. You know why? Because they're playing their ass off the Correct. last week, two weeks yep. of the season. Yep. And like for them, that's the playoffs already. Yep. They're mm-hmm. in playoff mode, exactly. whereas <laughs> the 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 Man, like the Dodgers, they made the playoffs a month ago. Right. You know, yeah. they're not, you know, I, I think teams that are walk-hard teams that are playing well at the end, I think they have an advantage. I agree. Yeah. I agree and, 100%. And, and look to what you were saying, David, about sitting out on, on in, a, in a sport that you're used to playing pretty much every day. The Houston Astros have been the constant, right? They, they look great. They did what they had to do. Jordan Alvarez is a beast. Um, I, I don't like them because I'm a Yankee fan. Like that's what you guys can see. <laughs> but for those at home wearing a Yankee hat and a nasty Nestor T-shirt, uh, but the Houston Astros, Mike, have been sitting at home for quite a few days now, while the Yankees have been battling and, and playing for for their lives, or who, or, or or the Guardians. Yeah, I mean, always got to watch those Astros. Yeah. You know, always got to keep an eye on those guys. Um, the rest is not good. The rest is not good. The Houston just I think I think the interest I think Houston might be a little bit of an exemption because those guys just battle and grind, man. No matter what obstacles those guys are going through, those guys come out and compete. And not to mention their fan base, which is amazing. Yeah. And that stadium is amazing to play in. But it's it's gonna be interesting. But um but I think that they're gonna be all right just because they're used to this. They're not a team that just gets in there once. They've been in there what, last six, seven years, yeah. you know, in the mix, so and you know, Altuve leaves that pack, and he, you know, he he's got a good feel, and and you're done seeing it the size of a watermelon right now. So we'll see. He's playing so good. We'll see. And it's one of those things, you know, if if I would have told you in in that in that first game that Justin Verlander was gonna come out and get rocked, but the Astros were gonna win, you tell me, Armando, you're nuts. I Absolutely know. nuts. That's crazy. You're right. He got rocked, man. He did. You he know? did. He got lit up. Jordan saved the day. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan times. saved the day, and but it, you know what? It was a pleasure to also see Julio Rodriguez play from the from the Mariners. That that kid's a stud. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'll tell you what. How good is that guy going to be? You know, that kid's going to be amazing. And let's go to that elimination game. What was it was eighteen innings. Eighteen. What innings. a pitching! What a stellar performance for both sides, just showing dominant pitching. It's it's been a while since we've seen something like that. You know, two teams are just you know lights dominant. out for for seventeen <laughs> was, plus innings, and That's every half ridiculous. inning was low pitch counts. So it wasn't yep. like they were why it wasn't. It was like out 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 out. Let's go play ball. You know. No, that was a it, for 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 a series that ended like it did. It was it was a lot of fun. So you know now now let's see now let's see what happens with the Guardians and, and the Yankees. Seattle made them work. Yeah, Seattle did make them Seattle work. made Houston work. So I'll tell you what, Seattle's not that far away. No, I, li- I like that team. They have a very bright future, and you know, let, let's see what also happens with the with the Yankees. You know, when, at the time we're, we're we're recording this, in case you listen to this podcast tomorrow, it's about one thirty on Tuesday. So the Yankees play at four oh seven. Nasty Nestor on on the mound. David, what do you think of of that game? You know, elimination game. Aaron Boone got destroyed a couple nights ago for not pitching Clay Holmes. So does he just throw? Everybody and anybody. I mean, Mike. Mike was mentioning, you know, the extra day gives Cole a chance to throw one inning. Yeah, I think the fact that they got rained out, it kind of. I would say that the Guardians had an advantage yesterday. 
because they have more arms, especially those power arms that are able to shut teams down right. late. The Yankees now are able to get a little creative with Nestor is able to, you know, obviously he's going to be able to go a few innings yep. and then you got Cole who's willing to throw an inning or two. Um, yeah, and Ty Long was supposed to pitch last night. Now maybe he's available for, for maybe a few Maybe in an inning. Obviously, they don't trust him that much to start. <laughs> they rather have Nestor, who's been yeah. their guy all year. I would have done the same thing. Nestor's yeah. throwing the day. Um, it's a tough call, you know. Uh, the, the Guardians are very pesky. They put the ball in play, and those teams are tough to beat in the playoffs. We've And we see how the Yankees could be hot and cold with the bat. You know, um, yeah, they could not. just punch out 14 times tonight, yeah. and we don't know. We hope not, obviously. My, Mike and I were texting about Judge. Started the, the series 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts. Yep. <laughs> I got a little interesting story for you about an 0 for 8. I was in double A in 2004. I was playing with the Reading Phillies. I was hitting second. Ryan Howard was hitting third. And we were opening up, I remember in, that we were opening up in Akron, <laughs> Ohio, which was the team I had just got in Rule 5, which was the Akron Arrows. It was double A for the Indians. Um, so opening night, we go 16 innings. It's really it's freezing in there. They got those heaters in the dugouts. Ryan Howard goes 0 for 8 with 7 Ks. Okay. The next day, doubleheader Saturday, he goes 0 for 7 with 6 punches. The following day on Sunday, he goes 0 for 5 with 4 punches. Oh, just to say he then proceeded to hit 37, drove in 102 in double A, went up to triple A, hit about 9, went up to the big leagues, hit 11. And then, you know, that was that. And, you know, rookie of the year, World Series MVP, and then, you know, big payday. But hopefully Judge can bounce back because they need it. Yeah, they, they need him. He's going to hit second today behind Glaber Torres. And, and speaking of, of Aaron Judge, um, this is something we're going we're gonna to throw to all our guests. You know, everybody wants to talk about these baseballs, right, that are hit into, um, into the stratosphere, into the stands. And uh, what do you do with the historic balls, right? So Aaron Judge hits 62 this year. Albert Pujols hit 700. And depending on what fan gets it, you know, they could decide what to do with the ball. You personally, David, you're sitting in the outfield. You catch Aaron Judge's 62, Albert Pujols' 700. What do you do with that baseball? These, I mean, I, I'm hearing these balls are going for millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, I'm selling that ball. Even if I'm a millionaire and I have millions in the bank, how do you say no to two, three million dollars? You, you know, know what I mean? It's hard to do that. Um, I know, like, maybe some people have given that. What did they do with that ball? Well, anyway? I think one of the judge balls, I think the, the group, they you know, gave it back. One of them was given back, 61. right? 61. 61 was given back by to him kids. by the two kids, and they got some autograph stuff. But 62, it seems like that guy got escorted out of the stadium with some security. And, and to David's point, that that guy, they said he was, like, um, venture capitalist or something. Yeah, I mean, makes a bunch of money, but... Hey, Listen, that's, history, that's a lot of money. history. It's not like two yeah, grand. Yeah, this is yeah. millions of yeah. dollars. Yeah. History know. with those balls gets written from the moment they're caught to the moment they're sold. So every ball has a different life, has a different characteristic. And and David, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm getting my I'm calling security every single one in the park. They're gonna walk me out, and we're gonna see what we're gonna do. But I think it's going for sale. I'll, I'll yeah. buy myself the season tickets later and, uh, <laughs> exactly. and the judge sign back. Exactly, we'll, we'll buy that later. And let's be real here. Let's just say, like, even the Yankees, but you really want that ball, you can pay for it. 
Exactly. Yeah. You're worth eight billion dollars. Exactly. exactly. You know the guy. It's like winning the lottery. Oh, and I heard something today. I mean, this is a little different scenario, but someone won the lottery in Fort Myers. Did you hear that? Someone uh, won the, the Powerball. The Powerball, yeah. And people on TV were like, "Oh, they should give away all the money." To, I'm like, hey, like, <laughs> the brakes a little bit. Yeah, donate some money, but you know, let's relax here. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Let's be realistic. Like, no one's just going to do that. Everybody exactly. knows what to do with other people's money. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's very simple, yeah, right? Exactly. No, I would sell the ball, man. And it's not like the ball's gone forever. We know where it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still it's a historic good ball. It's it's it's, yeah. it's going to be protected and everything. So. I agree. I agree. I I, I have I have a kid. I got tuition to pay at St. Brendan Elementary. <laughs> you know. So, uh, and we have breaking news, right? Uh, right before I send it to Mike. So apparently Shohei Otani goes back, goes back home, and he's he's talking smack about the about the Angels. This disappointing. Looks like, looks disappointing like he wants season. out. So, me as a Yankee fan, I text my my good friend Mikey Rivera, who um, who will be listening to this podcast because I'm going to tell him he better listen, and I tell him, bro, we give the farm. For all the shortstops, Peraza, Volpe, Cabrera, any Jason Dominguez, Stanton, Shohei Otani is a generational talent. Says he's, here, a, he's a unicorn. Says yep. here, trade rumors are already swirling around Shohei Otani, and upon returning to Japan, he criticized the Los Angeles Angels season. I have a rather negative impression of the season. If you're in another team and you have a chance to get Shohei Otani, whether it's the Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, because I'm guessing those are going to be the players, mm -hmm. you have to trade anybody and anyone. Yeah, you want him because he's very marketable. You're going to make your money. He's going to get paid by somebody. Look, when he's on the mound, remember I was talking about grades? Yeah. He's probably, at the very least, a seven on the mound. And a seven in the box. <laughs> so you have that's, two that's players. So you have two players taking up one roster spot. Yep. No, we mentioned. Yeah. Yep. So, that's, that's so true. let's just say, let's just say he was just a hitter. He probably gets twenty plus mil a year, and as a pitcher, twenty plus mil a year. Someone's going to pay him fifty million dollars a year. Wow, you think so? I, I yeah. believe it. He's going to be the highest paid player in baseball. He's probably the greatest player ever. Yeah, he's he's cool. If you he think stays that healthy and he plays ten years you and know, hits 300, 400 yeah. home runs, I was talent wise, greatest player ever. I was under the you know when when he signed with Anaheim, I was under the impression that he signed with Anaheim because they're the ones that said okay we're going to give you the two way opportunity, you know because a lot of people went to see him but I guess nobody wanted I guess they wanted Anaheim yeah, the man new manager at the time to experiment with it but uh, David Espy. Should every team have one of these guys? Because in, in college, there's guys who dominate both sides, and then when they go to pro ball, and we mentioned it last week, they shut them down. Is this a new avenue? Is this something that that if you're an owner of a team, you're telling your scouts, professional scouts like yourself, hey, we need one of these guys, or no? I don't think you find guys like this. <laughs> you really don't. Um, the Rays experimented with Brendan McKay. Like five or six years ago, I had the Rays organization when I was working for the Marlins. And I think the difference with Brendan McKay and Otani is that Otani is an elite athlete. Yeah, that is true. people don't talk about this, the guy flies. Yeah. You know? And he's a big, strong, he can literally do anything on the field. McKay was just very skilled, but when I saw him as a hitter, he just didn't have the bat speed. Pitching, really good. But again, you can't find guys yeah, like Otani. That's why, him. hey, that's true. 
he's gonna get paid fifty million a year. Don't be surprised. So he's a one-time, he's a one-time guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a the unicorn, like you said. Unicorn. You got to go back to to Babe Ruth, which is why I get upset when some people are like, "Oh, you know," but Babe Ruth was playing against plumbers or whatever. I'm like, they were the professional players at the time. That's what they were. And he was dominating, and he was hitting sixty when <laughs> when you know people were hitting ten, and he had a a pitch uh, a playoff record pitching that lasted till I think it was Mariano Rivera mm-hmm. that that broke it. So you know, guys like that come. Once in a blue moon. Yep, exactly. So if I'm if I'm Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner, you sign Judge and then you trade everybody for for Otani and you have a winner for for a while. But you know we have David Espinosa here, like we were saying. You know we let's talk first about Swing Kings. It's a it's a great facility. You know Mike's here with Diamond Dreams. You have players come through here every day yes you know i remember my my son here for for batting practice you have other other academies other people coming through here Mm -hmm. as well talk about the importance of having something like this for just for the community for you know upcoming up and coming baseball players yeah i mean this place was very special to me um growing up i was here the first day this place opened nice um i owe this place a lot because i became a, a really good player here I was a switch hitter, and this is where I learned to switch hit, here in this batting cage. Coming in every day, my dad did the awnings here originally a long time ago. Um, I remember it was even before Rem was the owner, it was a guy named Florine, and we, my dad worked out something, and you know this is where I hit, and it was always special to me because I felt like it made such an impact for me personally, and then it allowed me to play baseball for a long time, so it was special. Um, my wife and I were driving through, do you remember there was a Halloween thing? And I called Mike because I drove. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened to Sluggers? Because it, let's be honest, it was in rough shape. Terrible Yeah. So I was like, man, did they close? Whatever, you know? Because I, I didn't drive around here because my wife and I live off of Old Cutler and Eureka. Like, we're far. So that kind of spawned the idea like, all right, well, maybe let me just email the county and see like what we can do here because this place needed to be better. You know, Mike knows it needed to be better. He's very happy. And it was, it meant something to me because it's like, I would hear even my own friends kind of talk negatively about the place. And I was like, I don't like hearing that because this place meant a lot to me personally. So I felt like my wife and I felt like, all right, let's see what we can do here and see if we can make some kind of impact or contribution because this is a very important place. Everybody that I know in baseball, even that are younger than me or older than me, have gone through here. Oh, yeah. And and now they're, they've seen what we've done and everybody's very happy and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's so great. It has so many great memories there. And, um, I, you know, we just are very, I guess, very very happy with what we've done so far we've there's other things that we want to implement here to make the place even better but it is important in the community one of the things i bring up a lot um and i, may, I might have mentioned it to mike before too how many average joes come in here to hit oh yeah <laughs> I, I didn't realize it was that much 
um, and it's important to them. They want to come here and have a little fun, swing the bat, bring the family. And I was like, wow, this really is a community yeah, place. Everybody I, loves I've baseball. Taken, yeah. I've taken cuts you know? when my son's practicing here. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Man. So it is a fun place to come to. I think it was very important to a lot of people. It's a lot of good memories, and it just it needed TLC, you know. And we're going to continue to add here, and it's exciting, you know, because – we love hearing the compliments and people are very happy but yeah it is a, an important place is not how many batting cages are in miami not many not many and 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 ones that are like this you know i've i've been fortunate enough you know when i signed in 01 to be a, a minor leaguer i started working here and i've been here now for 21 years you know so i've seen well, the days and it's best days and it's worst days and i'll tell you what sp this place is now in its best days all right, uh, you know, I want you to know that Diamond Dreams and all our staff and all our parents, we're very thankful and grateful for everything that you've done to this place and allowing allowing us to to call this our home. Yeah, so. no, of course. I mean, having Diamond Dreams here adds a lot of value because, you know, lots of kids are coming in and lots of parents and then those parents talk word of mouth. Oh, come and hit here. It's great. You know, it, it adds a lot of value. You know, we want good baseball people here, people that love the game. And this is a great family atmosphere. It's it's what we want. And um, one I mean, there's so many reasons why my wife and I were interested. We're like, oh, that would be so great for our boys to kind of be around that, you know, um, my oldest is starting baseball, and he's with Diamond Dreams doing the the T-ball, uh, uh, you know, the Daddy and Me Practice, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you know, again, there's just so many reasons why we pursued this. You know, because we didn't want someone else that to eventually do what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like. It's like when we could have done it ourselves, you know. Right. So. And at the end of the day, when something means something to you, you know, yeah. this is a this is a perfect example. If you're listening, when something means something to you, whether it's five years down the line, 15, 20 years down the line, yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's special, man. You know. Yeah, this Tamiami, the batting cages are so special. My wife and I had our gender reveal here in the park, literally in the first place that I played baseball. It's actually at that new field, field 13. Right. It wasn't there when no. I did the gender reveal. It used reveal. to be just grass. To, but we did it there it, uh, because this park was like my life. Every every Saturday I spent the whole day here. You know, you play that 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. game and then little barbecues around the tree. Yeah, we got to bring that back. Yeah, we gotta, yeah. We got to bring that we, back. That's something <laughs> we, else that's to talk that, about. That's step two. Maybe in another show. Absolutely. Yeah, ab absolutely. No, and I was going to say, we obviously had, have to bring you back because there's so... There's so much that we could talk about. We haven't even tapped <clears throat> we have, into we haven't even, his high school. Uh, exactly. Or, and, you know. But you know what, what's also cool, I mean, and and before the podcast, you know, we were there just rattling off, yeah. you know, names of, of guys that I played against and mm -hmm. that you played with and my brother played against as well mm -hmm. or with. And it, it's just cool, you know, as, as someone who played baseball and coached and, and was born and raised here in Miami, to know that David Espinoza owns swing kings because i'm like man of course i, I know Absolutely. who that is you know like anybody who plays baseball down here and and loves the sport you you watch you watch you know you play i mean i, I, I watched mike play in college like you know who everybody is so it's just cool to have one of us yeah absolutely know, yeah exactly i think um like you said you just you know, at the very least hear the names i think the baseball world is small here yes. and i think look when 
we were gr granted the permit or whatever to run this business, I was like, yeah, I, and I've had my, the person that does my insurance, he also played baseball. It's actually Louis Gazzatua. Oh. Yes. <laughs> he was like, I played with him at FIU. Exactly. He's go. like, oh, it's so great that your, you and your wife took over this place because you're like a Miami guy and the Miami baseball guy. And even him, he's like super happy that because awesome. he knows my dad very well like oh your dad's gonna do well lewis's mom is the owner of sergio's exactly sergio's yeah material so and um you know and, and you know my dad has made an impact and um i, I do want to mention my wife she has brought in some amazing ideas that i would have never thought of literally never um she's usually behind the scenes but she has made an enormous impact here I want people to know that she definitely has, and uh, and we know we're gonna put it we're gonna put it on uh, on our Instagram. But she has a discount code yes. for the amazing scents that are going on in here with that company. Yes. Yes. So we're gonna go ahead and put that on there as well, yeah. so that everybody can, you know, a lot of people ask, hey, it smells so good in there. Well, we gonna... well, we, we all gotta agree on on one thing, right? We we all married up. Yes. Oh no, no, for 100%. sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of my skis for sure. And before we before we wrap up, and, and David, you can stick around and be part of this conversation as well. Yeah. You know, my my sons and my son Anderson, he's in the uh, in the T-ball league and the playing this instructional league, and it's uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. So green, gold, white, and black teams. Some some upsets have happened. Some great games. Yep. You see, yep. the kids, you know, uh, get better and better every day. And and Mike, look, it's a testament to to the academy. You know, you go through the practices. And you know you, they come and swing the bat here, but the, these games, man, it's it's made the kids so much better because now they, you know, they they know what to do, they know the bases to run to, and all that. And and what I've seen out of it is that every single game there's improvement. We just we went from scoring like twenty something runs to beating a team three to two on that a T-ball game. That means <laughs> the kids are, are getting out. You know, it, I love the beginners baseball group, and like I said last 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 uh, podcast, I had thought of this idea in two thousand one. I had always wanted to have a t-ball program where kids would start with the learning phase, which is what we have the rookies program. So all these kids are in their instructional league. They've come through the rookies program, which was practice only. And when the season started, I mean, I remember the the main complaint was, hey, you know, the last batter doesn't get to run the bases. You know, so you had to rotate the last batter because nobody's making outs. Now it's like it doesn't matter because the lineups are getting cut off at out. The last out is being made with batter six. Then the next inning is being made at batter three. So it's been a great evolution. You know, when I saw that score on Saturday, three to two, that that blew me away. <laughs> that just blew me away. And um, you know, now we have game ten coming up. We're going to extend the innings, so we're going to go from four innings to five. Uh, we tightened up the restrictions there a little bit with the coaching and exactly what they're going to be able to do, but. Um, you know, we're excited for the playoffs to come, and we got the trophy here, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put a picture, a picture of it, yeah, yeah and, um, and a video and, too. And we're excited, you know, and um, and we're looking forward to wrapping the season up. Yeah, and look, as a as a parent of, of uh, one of the kids that's playing, and I I I was an assistant coach at LaSalle a, a while ago. I mean, it was from 2000 to 2003. So I I coached against uh, that Gulliver team. Oscar mm -hmm. Benitez was the the head coach over. <clears throat> at LaSalle mm -hmm. and you know the first game we we get there and and I know that Mike had sent uh, a message on, on on the on the band app mm -hmm. uh, telling us hey you know you, you need to have a, a few parents to to volunteer so I'm like all right cool I'm gonna volunteer because you know I, I love baseball <clears throat> excuse me well what I'm what I wasn't expecting was you know Mike comes up and he has the lineup and he goes hey you're in charge of the lineup and, I'm like, <laughs> and it was like this like awesome you know and, yeah. and I've 
I went from like, all right, cool, and and then I get home and I'm already thinking about the lineup for next week. Oh, <laughs> Even though they're they're tea ballers, and my brother will call me and he's like, hey man, what do you think about the, you know, we put this kid here and this and you know oh, this kid's man. fast. You know, you start seeing yeah. the, you know, and at the end of the day, like you want all these kids to to have fun. Absolutely. Yeah. To have fun, you know, like we we rotate them. There was a while that I I, I just felt bad, you know, like a, as as the um, I guess like you know as the Joe Tory of the uh, of the team. And I'm like, man, I don't want, you know, I don't want parents thinking this or that. So I kept on hitting my kid last. I remember. Uh, for what like are you a doing? You're like, no, and, just to be safe. And, like, and uh, BB, Pedro Pereira, who has his, his son Benjamin on our on our team, he, he tells me, like, Mandy, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Put Benjamin last. Put Anderson first, you know? But but no, it, it's, it's been awesome for the parents. I see the parents really getting into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, really, really loving, you know, the, the sport. And it, it's given me, like, that that juice you know from mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. man i remember coaching i really i really liked it you know back then so it's it, it, and, and you know and i get to be with my son and and see him play baseball and stuff so yeah, it's it's special yeah it is no doubt yeah those are special years you know i, I think all four teams uh, just to give a shout out to the league i think all four teams done a great job yes, they have. I think the parents have done a great job i think that i mean i'm i'm pretty good with numbers but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the attendance rate this season that you guys have had at practice has been outstanding I mean, all of those defense practices, everyone's there. The BPs, everyone's there. And that's really where it's at for you yep. guys to get better in the games. You know, you got to go there. You got to get to put the work in. And, you know, everyone's done a great job. Yeah, no, I see a lot of the a lot of the parents bringing their kids, the kids getting involved, you know. And, and they've been good games, man. Like, they, you know, they're they're awesome. You know, the like like I said, you know, the, the parents are involved. They, they come and talk to you. Hey, Mike, you know, great practice or, right. or you know, great game. Yeah. Um, you, you just see it's 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 what you want from baseball, and, and you know you were, David. You you know you grew up playing. You played, you know, at the high school level. You played at the professional level, and and now, like you said, you know you have your your son in in the daddy and me. Mm-hmm. It it gives you like this this whole new way of, of of looking at baseball when it's like your son and and he's the one that's carrying that torch now, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I enjoy it. I um. I was always like, oh, I don't want to be that parent that's like, you know, super hard on your, your <laughs> kid. And uh, But I'm starting to see the interests happening organically. I've talked to Mike about it. We're home. He's like, oh, pitch to me. Pitch to me. That's what you want. Awesome. Right, you know, I don't want to be like, hey, Will, just go over here and hit. I don't want that because that's how they end up not liking the game. And he's loving it. He really enjoys it. You know, I want him to start enjoying fielding, but not there he yet. He just likes to hit right now. He, he just, just likes, likes to hit, <laughs> and he can Which hit. Which is a good like, thing. He he hits a pitch ball like, and I throw it different areas of the strike zone. It's not like he's and he's he's manipulating manipulating the bat. So it's, it's exciting and you got the bloodlines. Yeah. So he awesome. um, yeah he 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 he's gonna love the game you know and the little one's very interested but he's just so little but he jumped in the other day and was doing like the little workout stuff um during the um, you know the rotation yeah, yeah. and um he'll probably be starting soon too awesome. because he's he at home he's grabbing the bat he's putting the ball on the tee and you know he's lefty righty the little uh, one that he's, you know <laughs> he's righty for a while we thought he was left-handed but we even got him a left, you know, lefty throwing glove, and we're like, oh, actually, no, he's actually right. You gonna switch hit both kids yeah. or what? Just like you? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, we'll actually switch hits. <laughs> He'll get lefty off the tee, and he actually swings awesome. better. 
Very good. Yeah, my, my, my son, my son's like like Mike throws right-handed, hits hits left-handed. We oh, give that's, him that's how David is as well. We yeah. gave him a little bat when he was like you know a year old or maybe even a little less, and he used to grab the bat and his his automatic go-to was to hold it like left-handed. like a left-handed. Um, you were like, yes. I was, like, awesome. <laughs> I was hoping like my brother, you know, my brother's kid, AJ, my nephew, he, he throws lefty and hits lefty. So cool. he's a full, full on lefty. But we're, before we go, I know people like stories and stuff, man. Like, you know, being being a parent now with, with Little League and T-Ball and all that, it it brings back memory of, memories of my dad. My dad was like the quietest, like most decent guy. Like he just used to sit like on, on, on the side or on the on the bleachers and he wouldn't shout a word but he loved baseball i used to watch baseball with him he used to take me to the park to play and all that and i, and I remember i was telling mike i was going to say the story my dad would you know sit next to a couple dads and the dads were very animated there was one guy funny enough the name is miguel and the son's name was miguelito little catcher and miguelito the catchers like you know playing and and big miguel's like watching the game and like oh yeah miguel you know Tira segunda, tira, you know, throw the second, throw the... And he kept on and on and on. And I'm in Miguel's team and I'm watching all this. And I'm seeing the dad and my dad's just sitting there just like <laughs> looking to the side like, what's up with this guy? Yeah. Well, one inning, Miguelito had enough. And he just stands up because he's like, Miguelito, tiene que bloquear. And he turns around, takes off his mask and he tells him, and I'll, I'll, I'll translate it in, in English now. But he goes, papi. Cállate la boca, que tú nunca jugaste pelota. Oh, like, daddy, shut up. He never played baseball. And my dad, who was like the most decent guy, like I see my dad just like holding his face. And and then when we got in the car to go home, my dad couldn't stop talking about it. Viste como Miguelito lo dijo Miguel. Like laughing, laughing, yeah. laughing. But but yeah, that's a cool thing, man. You, you get parents, you know, who, who, who get animated and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> like you said, like sometimes you don't want to like, you know, beat two on top of your kid too but you know sometimes it's it's just like in your in your nature right oh, yeah. yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it so and and the fact that my my son really likes it it makes makes my wife and i very happy because mm -hmm. baseball That's great. her grandfather played oh nice ball um so baseball has been part of her life too and all her uncles played baseball um so baseball is important to us so but one thing I, you know, I've always been saying that hey, it's going to happen organically, organically. and it's, it's happening. Absolutely. Now. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And in the words of uh, the famous SNL character Chico Escuela, baseball been very, very good. To <laughs> it has been. <laughs> but Mike, I know you would agree, man. This has been a blast. This is, uh, I'm we, sure. We, I'm sure we, we could we be ran here the clock hours, here, huh? but we, we got to. We got to wrap up. But David, thanks for thanks for being here. Thanks for being on on Diamond Dreams Miami up and in and, and for having us here at, at Swing Kings. And, you know, you, you told me, like, man, I, I love podcasts, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I enjoy it. I mean, we could we could do this again. There's so many topics oh, we, we could talk we about. And there are things that we, we want to talk about publicly because I think there are things, like, that I think a lot of people are thinking about, but they're not. Exactly. You know, like the, the, you touched on it earlier, the Tamiami thing. We got to get Tamiami back to the way it was, man. Oh, yeah. You know? That's something we talk about all the time. Yeah, you know, I had a moment on on, on Saturday. I went to uh, I went to the park office, and I went, and I went to go pick up some balls or whatever. And, you know, I'm walking to my car, and I'm, I look at my clock. It was right before I was going to my Grapeland games. And I look at my clock, and I'm it's 1.30. It's and I stopped, and I looked around, and the park was empty 
you know, like no games on field 12, no games on field. And, you know, it, I got a quick flashback of, of how it used to be, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that, you know, I think we need to bring it back again and, and, and try to see how we can how we can get that back here. No doubt. Yeah, we need that. The yeah, happiest man. times, the happiest days of my life were in this park. And my dad would agree. He, you know, Saturday was like, oh, we're there all day. And there was a game at nine, and the last game was at seven, and <laughs> little barbecues under the trees all around and, the park. And, and and everybody was friends. Yeah. You know, like after your game, you would go jump into the barbecue with a little cutting cake of the other team, and then you, know, you go to the playground, and there's everybody from different teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's one of the a attributes of this park is that this park can house 24 teams at the same time. There's 12, 13 fields. Yep. So the kids after can hang out. They can chill they can go to the, get a pizza bring that pizza back maybe you know they can they can do a lot of things the other parks that we play out it's not set up like this one so Tamiami I, I if I'm not mistaken I think it's the biggest public park baseball park from Boston and the west on the east coast that, from Boston down I, I remember that hearing that um so it's, it's like an it's, Otani it's, it's like it's an Otani <laughs> <laughs> but you know we got to get it full again yeah so yeah, much so potential here. So we'll, we'll definitely have David back. Absolutely. A, a lot more to talk about. Like I said, we could have been here hours. You know, mm -hmm. just talking high school baseball from from like those late '90s and early early 2000s. But again, David, thank you. Thank you, Mike. We'll, we'll be here again we'll be next here again week. Next Tuesday. And uh, this has been Diamond Dreams Miami. Up and in.